0: Sometimes it seems like the enemy has liberty to just attack you in ways that it, it almost seems like it's too much at times. Yeah. Whether it's sickness, whether it's family, whether it's financial, all, all the things, all the ways that attacks manifest itself with all Attached to your faith. It's all for your faith. The attack is against your yes. faith. Sometimes it's just a struggle that you've had in your life. That just doesn't go away. You're saved. You love the Lord with all your heart. But yet it seems like something just hangs around. And it just doesn't quite go away. And sometimes it feels like that the enemy is in total control. Fight spite of faith. Can get hard at times. And you feel like giving up. And it seems like Satan has his crosshairs on you, and he's in a fighter jet that has the ability to lock on. Mm-hmm. And you're the target, and he's locked on. And God's nowhere to be found, even though you cry out. That's what it feels like to us. Mm-hmm. But he can only go so far. That's it. That's yeah. it. So, just let this song minister to you. Even though my spirit's low, and it seems I can hardly go, but still I seek victory. Many times I'm walking by faith, and I can't see what. Lies before me, but still I see victory. I just want not tell you, Satan, you can't cross the bloodline. Because I'm covered by His blood. You may stare and you may fight, but you're going to lose this battle tonight. Just remember, you can't cross the bloodline. Sometimes our battles get hard, and it seems we're fighting a lot. Oh, I remember i'm standing on the rock so satan if i were you i'd turn around and give up to cause i do believe you're bound to lose i just gotta tell you satan you can't cross the bloodline, because I'm covered by His blood. You may stir and you may fight, but you're going to lose this battle tonight. Because remember, He can't cross the bloodline. You may stare and you may fight, but you're going to lose this battle tonight. Just remember, you can't cross the bloodline. I'm just out and tell you, Satan, you can't cross the bloodline. Because I'm covered by His blood. You may snare and you may fight, but you're going to lose this battle tonight. Just remember, you can't cross the bloodline. You must remember you can't cause the blood, blood. That me. Oh, we'll all right romans chapter seven <laughs> starting in verse four and we'll read to um well right now let's just read to verse six um i have studied through verse eight but verse seven starts a new heading so we'll just read the verse six when you're there say me amen. 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 Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death." But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. We talked about spiritual adultery, that is attempting to basically be in a committed relationship to law and to Christ all at the same time. If you're doing that, then you're committing spiritual adultery if you can't you can't say that christ is my righteousness and say that law keeping gives me righteousness you can if you're doing that then you're in this you're in a state of spiritual adultery you have two husbands one's christ and the other is law and when you when you do that, the Holy Spirit can't help you. Because he's not going to help you commit adultery. <laughs> so he backs off. He doesn't leave you, but he backs off. You can't say that if whatever if you have a struggle with something in your life, you can't say that Christ has already defeated it, and I have victory over this in Christ, and then turn around and say at the same time, in order to have victory over this, I have to fast for how for a week. I just made up a random amount of time, but that's spiritual adultery. You're depending on you're you're depending on Christ and depending on law to gain the victory. And the mo- the moment that you are committed to that to something other than Christ in the cross, then you're committing spiritual adultery and you will not have the help of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the only thing that you'll find is instead of victory, you'll find defeat. Mm-hmm. You'll fail and you'll fail more and more and it'll get worse and worse. And the Holy Spirit cannot help you. He cannot bring grace to you. He cannot bring any of the benefits of Calvary to you. Because you're you're committing adultery, and if he were to do that, then it would only push you more in the direction of adultery, spiritual adultery. So the Holy Spirit backs up; he doesn't leave you. We know that he stays. Thank God, he doesn't leave us. Yeah. My goodness, we would all be uh, hopeless if he just left. But because of justification by faith, he can stay. He doesn't have to leave. But you, you tie the hands of the Holy Spirit. He cannot help you. A lot of people think that the working of the Holy Spirit is just automatic. But if, if, if the working of the Holy Spirit in a saved person's life was automatic, then no one would ever fail. Because the Holy Spirit is not going to lead you in sin. Yeah. So if the working of the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your life was automatic, then we would all be perfect Christians exactly like Christ. But we all can be honest and admit that uh, that's, that's not the case. <laughs> so if that's not the case, then that means that the working of the Holy Spirit is not automatic. It's conditional. It's just not an automatic thing. And we're going to see more of that in Romans chapter 8. But the, the idea of spiritual adultery, the Holy Spirit is not going to help. You. So, And we'll see that play out. Paul's going to walk us through an experience in his life where he was committing spiritual adultery. And before he, before he knew Romans chapter 6, the way that we know it as we travel through the Romans already, before he saw that, he was in a state of spiritual adultery. And then, so that's his explanation of it. It's right here in Romans chapter 7. Uh, it is the same man who loves God with all of his heart and who is failing. Because he cries out, oh, wretched man that I am. He says, I do the things I don't want to do. If you're not saved, you're not saying that you don't want to sin. That's just, we just go, it's natural. We just go in that direction. So this is a saved person. So that kind of gives us a little bit of context right where we jump in. And we're still under the same heading of the believer is dead to the law. And that's verses one through six. Okay, so verse
1: 4. Dad, go ahead. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. (laughs) This causes some confusion respecting
0: the analogy drawn by Paul, respecting the husband who has died. Instead, Paul now says that the wife or the believer has died uh, to the law instead of the law being dead to the believer. The real point that Paul is trying to make is this symbolism is of a woman who is a type of a believer who attempts to be married to two husbands, the law and Christ. When he used the statement, are become dead to the law, he is referring to the fellowship with Christ and his death. When Jesus died on Calvary, the believer died with him. Therefore, through that death, the believer is free from the marriage covenant he had with the law and is now free to enter a new covenant with Christ. Thank God for that. Otherwise we'd still be under the old covenant. But because of Christ. We can enter into a new covenant. That is. When the Lord. Really opened it up to me. In covenants. I began to understand it. A little bit better. Um, because marriage is a covenant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And you can't be in two. You can't be in two marriage covenants. At the same time. That's adultery. Mm-hmm. So, to be under two covenants, spiritually, is spiritual adultery. To be under the covenant of law, and to attempt to be under the covenant of grace at the same time, you're committing spiritual adultery. You are like a woman who is married to two husbands, and in two marriage covenants. That's the idea. Covenants. Everything that God has ever done, From the beginning to the end has always been within a covenant. Nothing that he has ever done is outside of a covenant. Throughout the entirety of scripture. Everything is in. Everything has always been in a covenant. So because of the death of Christ. Because of Calvary. And your death with him. You're free from the first covenant. To enter into the new covenant. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. Praise God. <laughs> the new covenant is way better. Yes. It is. The whole book of Hebrews talks about it. It's a better, better, better covenant. Better in every single way. Better, better, better. Ask my dad about the book of Hebrews. And the one word that he'll tell you that he sees jump out. Like it's in a neon sign is better, 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 <laughs> better covenant, better promises, better. Just Christ is just better. Oh, He's man. better than everything. <laughs> <laughs> so we're free from the first covenant, but a lot of believers don't live like they're free from yeah. the first covenant. We a lot of believers attempt to live in the new covenant and. The covenant of law yeah. all at the same time. Yes. And if yeah. you if you're attempting that, it's frustrating. Yes. It's very frustrating. Uh you, you find that you struggle nonstop and you really don't feel like you ever grow.
1: Yeah.
0: Spiritually. You feel like that you're struggling with the same things that you've been struggling with for 40 years. Or you know, I'm just just it seems like there's no growth in your life at all. It's like, man, what the heck? But you love God.
1: Yeah.
0: With all your heart, praise God, you are saved. You are saved, saved, saved. And you will make it to heaven. But yet you're not really walking in the fullness of the new covenant because you're attempting to live in two covenants. And you don't have the help of the Holy Spirit. So everything that you do is just on your own. And that's hard. Yeah.
1: It's like you're always searching for it but never coming to the knowledge of you know of the truth. You're like it's, it's yeah. kind of like
0: the children of Israel who they their promised the promised land is promised to them. My love, it's yours. God said it is yours. This is the promised land. It is yours. I've already given it to you. Yeah. Just walk right on in and take it. And what they do is they praise God. And then they stop right. at the edge of the promised land and never go in.
1: And walk the desert from it And walk place. in yeah. the desert.
0: Yeah. Walk in the desert. And they say, well, the promised land, is our, that's our land over there. Yeah. I have it. But they never enter it and actually walk in it. They never possess the land. There's a difference between having the promise and possessing it. I'm trying to possess the whole land, all of it, Lord. Thank you for the promise, Lord. Thank you for the promise of victory over every single thing. But Lord, the promise isn't good enough. I want to possess it. You can promise it to me, Lord, and I'm thankful for the promise.
1: Thank you,
0: thank you, thank you. But I'm trying to possess the land. I want to possess it. There's a difference. And he wants you to possess it. He gave it to you. The problem is. That the promised land. Has a few. Bumps along the way. There's a few giants in the promised land. There's a few fortified cities. In the promised land.
1: But he tells them it's there. But it's theirs already. But yet
0: all of those things are still there. But the promised land. Was already there's because God knew what he was going to do. So whatever they did yeah. to decide to go in there, they would have been successful. They would have been successful. They would have been successful. Were those things there? Absolutely, they were there. There were giants in the land and there was huge city with huge walls in the land. But because God said, I've already given it to you. Then as they would have walked through the land. He would have defeated every single That's enemy. Right. All along the way. Yes. For them. Because he already gave it to yes. them. And it's the same thing in our lives. He's already given us yeah. the land. We've got to march through it. With him. And he'll he'll defeat the enemies. Yes. All along the way. We just got to trust him to do it. You got to just, right. right. just trust him. Right. You got to just trust him. Yeah. Just trust him. Twelve guys. And only two believe the Lord. Yeah. Only two operated in genuine faith. Yeah. The other said, man, th- that land is great. Wow. But there's some big old people, with this <laughs> people yeah. over there and they're going to eat. They're going to kill us. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's
1: kind of like Christianity today. though, will Tanner You know, it's very few that believe. They're afraid of it. Yeah.
0: Because they won't be able to do what they want. Uh-huh. But the the yeah I, I, I've I've and actually there's probably a lot of really respected commentators um, who say lord well, with all their their hearts uh, but a lot that would claim that the promised land that Canaan in you know, the promised land mm-hmm. that that's heaven but there are no enemies in heaven yeah. no there's no so bad. it can't be yeah. now, it has to be somewhere it has to be something. That is given to you, but yet, there's going to be some enemies. And I think it's everything that we have in Christ. Because it's been given to us, but the possessing it and walking in it isn't always easy. All of those, the enemies that were in the land, God already had the exact way that they would be defeated. It was just simply... Do you trust me or do yes. you not?
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: really didn't. It had nothing to do with. Okay, I'm going to make you stronger because actually, a lot of the times he made them weaker. He made Israel weaker, mm-hmm. right before they took up with Jericho. Is a really good example, I think. Mean, right, that was the first. That the first thing that they came across when they go into the Promised Land. Is a huge city. With walls all the way, it's like this huge fortified city, like great. First
1: thing that we see, but he already bought those walls now.
0: He already he already knew exactly what he was gonna do. But if I'm not mistaken, the Lord commanded that they all be circumcised right before. Mm -hmm. I believe that is correct. Can you can you look in uh, it shouldn't be very far in Joshua? Right in the beginning, but I, I, I believe that that's correct. That they were actually circumcised. All of Israel, all of the fighting men would have been circumcised right before they would have went. So you just get circumcised, and now you have to have to go fight. <laughs> the, the, uh, last time I checked, you just got a lot weaker.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I mean, we're
0: all adults here. If circumcision happened; they would have been in no shape to fight at all. God commanded they be circumcised right before they went in and took the city. But they were actually weakened. God made them weaker before He gave them victory.
1: It's Joshua 5 it says the
0: new generation circumcised. And then shortly after that, they go into the promised land. And there is Jericho. So. God's way is make you weaker and then give you the victory. Yeah. I said, what? <laughs> but Lord, we've got to fight. No, no, no. I'm I. I'll be doing the fighting. Maybe he's trying to get you out of the way yeah. so he can live. A lot of the times, that's exactly it. Yeah. We, we're so much in the way because. Mm-hmm. For well, we have this natural, this natural, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to help you, Lord. I've got, you, Lord. I've, got I've got to do my part and our part is faith. Yeah. Yes. Uh, can we just, just, we're all adults. Good thing. Circumcision was, does not make you stronger. The healing process of that would not be fun. Walking would be really hard. Circumcision is almost debilitating. It would be for an adult. It yeah. be. For an adult, it, it would be real bad. And when we're, talking about, we're talking about men. All the men had to be circumcised. They didn't have painkillers, man. No <laughs> painkillers, man. No. <laughs> you're going to get circumcised, and then we're going to go in, and the first thing you're going to see is a city so big, the walls are so high that you're already helpless because of the walls. But on top of the fact that you're already helpless because of the size of the walls, now I just—we've just been circumcised, all of the fighting men. We already didn't have much hope when we saw the walls. <laughs> yeah. And on top of that, God, yes. yeah, we got less. We've just had surgery.
1: Can you imagine the faith it would take to continue? Oh, Lord. And then, yeah. Now, now,
0: this is what we're going to do. We're going to march around the city seven days. There you
1: yeah. go. I can do nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Walk around the city. Actually, makes you weaker. Paul said, "When I am weak, then I'm strong." God, the church. Yes. When you're that weak, you, you can't do anything but trust. Not somewhere we're weak, but he is strong. He is yeah. strong. You can do nothing but trust. You go from a position of uh, Jacob where you are wrestling, fighting, trying, manipulating, maneuvering, doing all these different things, and then, bloop, clinging.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's when you get to that place Victory comes. Because at the end of it, the only thing you can say is, I've been crucified with Christ. Yes. Buried with yeah. him. Raised unto new. Yeah, but man, praise God. Yeah. You you overcame such and such. You can feel me. Man, praise God. I will glory in the cross. Man, Paul, look at that prayer life that you have. Man, praying God. Paul, man of God. Mm. But Paul himself said, What wretched man that I am, I will glory only in the cross. Because I can do nothing. And if the wall fell, it had nothing to do with me. And yeah. everything to do with him. Yeah. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But we did it backwards. A lot of times it's preached to us
1: backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who gives the glory for it? Give us. i we're,
0: we're, we're, we're so we're so wicked from because of the fall. our hearts are so twisted. You give me a, you give an inch and we'll take a mile. It's like a kid. Give it give an inch and we're taking a mile. Give me just a little bit of something and I'll boast in it. Whoa. praise God. You know what, if that brother or that sister were just as talented as I was when it came to singing, the Spirit of God would fall. See, just all we need is just Mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. Just give me just a little bit. And we may never say it with our mouth, but the whole time it's going on right here in the brain. Nobody else knows, but you know, and God knows. You can't hide anything from him. He knows. Well, if they could just sing like me, Brother C, I tell you what Brother C, if they had a voice like me, my love, the glory of God would fall in this mm-hmm. place. Every time. Mm. If that Baptist church down the road, they can just preach like us, I won't. Mm. Lord, gonna be falling every time, just it's like so it good. does for us on the Sundays. Because praise God, I'm in the Bible, God, they're me I preach. Obviously, then nobody taught them them not preach. Stuff like that just creeps in. Yeah. Well, they was just to saved as long as I was, and they just dress like I dress, talk like I talk. This is one of my favorites right here, and this this hammers home right to the core. Cl- i just we just let's just kick pride right in the back pockets, mm. right on out of here. If they
1: just knew the message of the cross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like me. Like me. <laughs> if they had the revelation
0: like I had it. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that you were in control of how much was revealed to you and how much was we, we and we. I, 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 that me, it's all that's it. Well, the only thing that I see is that instead of a focus upon Christ and what He's done at the cross, the only thing I keep seeing is a focus upon self. Me. Me. What I do. What I don't do. How talented I am. How much God has called me to do such and such. That he's called me because I don't do such and such. Or because I do do such. Praise God. God called me to preach because I pray more than any other man. Because I read more than any other man. Pray. God called me to cook on Wednesday nights because I can cook better than anybody else. Praise God. All the other people's food ain't anointed like mine. <laughs> we'll come
1: up with anything. Yet. Anything. I'm now that's a little bit extreme, but anything. <laughs> anything. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Except I would apply Ms. Nancy.
0: Maybe. Ms. Nancy, <laughs> <laughs> Nancy. Yeah.
1: We'll, we'll, we'll bust either anything. We don't know what we have in Christ, and yep. when we see a battle, we see the Promised Land, or we see things that we, that, that the Lord wants to lead us into, and we look at ourselves and we go, I don't have strength. That's why He wants us to walk by faith. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't realize what we have in Him. We understand, okay, yeah, God, you can do it, but I can't do it. And like, we separate ourselves from Him, and what He's trying to say is, no, oh, in me, yeah, you can do this yeah. because yeah. of me. So, so go. Mm-hmm. I have told you to go, and i told you to do this. And uh, sometimes He kind of, like, <laughs> has, you know, kicks can't. us out of the nest get us out there, you know. And we're like, oh, I don't mean forced. I don't think we get all nervous. He did not force us to do anything, but sometimes he kind of like, I don't want to say God tricks us sometimes, but you know, it's like, oh, we're out here. Oh, <laughs> so I got to leave now because I'm out here. I'm in this now. I've got, now I've got to trust him. And then we began to trust Him and we began to walk through some things and we began to tackle some things. Not too long ago, we would have said, there's no way that I, can, I can do this. Yeah. There's no way that I can endure that. I will fall apart. And all of a sudden, we're right in the middle of the yeah. fire and we realize right we're not there. falling apart. Okay. Yep. He's right. sustaining He's right. us. Right. And what it does, it doesn't build faith in us. Not if we really understand what's happening yields yeah. our faith in Him and we realize what a great God we yes. and encourages us to continue on in the journey and to continue to trust Him more.
0: A lot of times we in Scripture we, we read things and obviously people will, will write that down we be like, oh man, it's so powerful. and thing," telling you, we're sticking on a, our mirror or something, you know, somewhere where we see it a lot. Uh, one that I'm thinking about is, you know, Uh, Paul was asking the Lord to take something born in the flesh, and he said, my grace is sufficient enough for you. My grace is sufficient. And it's like, man, praise God, his grace is sufficient. (laughs) But we never actually take the time to think that. Okay, God told him that my grace is sufficient, which meant you're going to keep walking in it. And you're going to learn that my grace is sufficient. Because that's the only way. Mm -hmm. You can read that his grace is sufficient. But until you have to walk through the fire, and then you have to actually say, you read it and you say, praise God, I believe that. Then God says, if you believe it, walk in it. Keep walking through the fire and act like my grace is sufficient. Because it is. My grace is sufficient enough for you. Now, test it. I said before, once we got through and we got to justification by faith, and we saw that we are justified by faith. Not by what we do, but by what Christ has done. And our faith in that, we receive justification, just as if I've never sinned. And now that we learn it, we say, I believe that. You know what, I've seen that in scripture, I believe that. Now walk in it. And get ready for the fire to test it. Do you still believe that you're justified by faith alone when you're failing? When you do blow it? Or better yet, when someone that you don't really care for too much, when they blow it? Does justification by faith apply to them? because we're real quick to just mm-hmm. praise God justification by faith I'm justified by faith alone because I believed in Christ and what he did in Calvary I receive justification that when God looks at me it's as if I've never sinned one time ever I believe that for me <clears throat> When he looks at me, he sees Christ. Praise God. And then I blow it. Do I still believe that justification by faith is right and the truth? And then when someone that rubs me the wrong way on a daily basis fails, do I believe that justification by faith applies for them? Or am I ready to crucify them? But as long as their faith is in Christ, and what he did at Calvary, then they have justification by faith. Yeah. Am I going to see that person as in Christ as well? If they're saved. Yeah. Or am I going to be ready to all time up and throw them out? You should never be happy in
1: somebody else's plan. You're right. It's going, tes- going to be tested.
0: Everything is going to be tested. You say you believe it, it's going to be tested. The phrase, are become dead, in the Greek is T-H-A-N-A-T-O-O, T-H-A-N-A-T-O-O, and it means you were made dead or put to death. It speaks of great violence. In other words, there is absolutely no doubt that the believer is dead to the law and sin. We have been crucified with Christ, and we have to view everything from that. That I'm crucified. The old man crucified. The relationship I had to the law. Crucified. I've been crucified. Tanner's been crucified. You've been crucified with Christ. Before you had a relationship with the sin nature. You've been crucified. In Christ. That relationship is no more.
1: Dad, yeah, go ahead and just go for the first five. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death.
0: The phrase, for when we were in the flesh, this can refer to the unsaved state or to the believer who is attempting to overcome the powers of sin by his own efforts, uh, i.e., the flesh. The end result will be the same in both cases. Failure. If you try to overcome anything in your own efforts, you're going to fail. The entire chapter deals with the believer who is trying to overcome sin in the wrong way. There is actually only two ways to go about it. By the flesh or by the Spirit of God. If the believer doesn't take advantage of what Jesus has done at Calvary, then the only other resource is the flesh. You're in one or the other it it, sometimes we don't the truth is we don't always view it that way we view it as okay well you know you're in you're in you know by the spirit and then they got those out there you know about the flesh and then they got you know other people that are just kind of around (laughs) we don't we don't always label one way but the either one or the other Either in the spirit or in the flesh. There is victory only in Christ and only in following his prescribed path. The next part in that verse says the motions of sins. This denotes being under the power of sin and refers to the passions of sins. It speaks of the sin nature operating full blast bringing about one sin after the other which will always happen when the believer relies on the flesh instead of the spirit if you're not relying on what christ did for you at the cross and you're relying on something else to live victorious to walk a holy life before the lord to live free from sin you're going to fail more than you can imagine and it's just going to keep getting worse like rolling it's like taking a snowball and then just rolling it down a hill and just mm-hmm. gets bigger and bigger and then it just picks out speed and mm-hmm. goes faster and faster because you're dependent your faith is in the wrong thing yeah. instead of having faith mm-hmm. in Christ and what he did your faith is in what you do to overcome sin well I'm going to pray this I'm going to pray every morning and because I pray every morning, spend time with the Lord every single morning, I'm gonna be able to live free from sin and temptation today. You're gonna to bust your face. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna bust your face that day. Because you actually believe that your prayer yeah. is what gives you victory. Yeah. And when you if you do that, I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not, you'll be blessed in your prayer time. You spend time with the Lord. You're gonna feel his presence and you'll be blessed. Sometimes you won't, sometimes you will. But you're gonna fail so much because you're depending upon prayer yeah. to give you victory over sin. Yeah. And God never made it that way. It's like trying to use a sp- it's like yeah. trying to use a butter knife to be a spoon. It, it's not made for that god didn't make prayer to give you victory over sin
1: mm-hmm.
0: god prayer is just communion with the lord spend time with him yeah. it got nothing to do with victory over sin and the truth if, you, if you've as victory over sin you're robbing yourself of the blessing of prayer mm-hmm. because then it just becomes working
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then before too long because you're failing you're gonna stop praying because you think well this don't work <laughs> What right,
1: she just said there is really important. He you said you're gonna miss the blessing of prayer if you view your prayer time as the source of your victory over sin. Yeah. Because if you if you do struggle, if you start struggling in something, the answer that you have is more prayer. More prayer. I gotta pray. pray more. I gotta pray more. And you, and you get to the point where I'm kind of praying more, but I'm still struggling. And then you're like really starting to get defeated now you're starting to feel like that mm-hmm. nothing's working and you almost get to a place where god man i'm praying three three hours a day now and i'm still struggling what's going on and all of a sudden you're not even enjoying your prayer time anymore yeah. you're not enjoying the presence of the lord anymore in your life you're not communing with god anymore based yeah. on the right relationship mm-hmm. through justification because you're trying to you're working and you are trying to force the prayer has turned into a yeah. work and you're not enjoying and really? the Holy Spirit won't help you. No. Yeah. He won't help you in it. Right? He backs off. He backs too. off. You're
0: told on your own because it's it's now work. And that's just prayer, just one example. Uh, one of the big things that we've seen, that I've seen, at least in the church world, is uh, I guess it's not really any different than what the Pharisees did, but fence laws.
1: Yeah,
0: We still got fence laws today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fence Fence laws because we can't keep the first law so we gotta make a fence law to help us to not break the original law and it's the same idea as we have with prayer well i have i i have the 10 i have these 10 commandments and i gotta keep them i want to live a holy life i got to live a holy life live a sanctified life we've got to do it gotta love my neighbor as myself love god with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, praise God, we're gonna do that. And then we fail at it. Well, you know what? Praise God, no, we're still gonna do it. Uh we we're gonna to need to add a few fence laws to help us.
1: Just I'm curious, uh, just occurred to me, we we use that statement, and you know, I've used that statement before. Does everybody understand what that means? A fence law? Mm-hmm. What the idea mm-hmm. of that would be? Uh because we realize that when God Created create out of the garden, uh, that he gave them one right, one thing, yeah. one tree. Don't don't yeah. don't eat of it. Yeah. Everything else you can have. Don't eat of that tree. Mm-hmm. And of course we know that they that know. they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, man's best solution to that problem would be. Build a fence around that tree. Mm-hmm. Isolate. Isolate the tree. Isolate. Build a fence around that tree so you're not able to yeah. even get close to it. Yeah. And that's what fence laws do. Yeah. We want to build fences so we're not even able to get close, but that's actually not God's no, way not- of victory at all. It's not freedom. You have to get no, to no, snake the snake out of the garden. And- a bunch <laughs> of fences is not freedom, it's actually... and you don't need a fence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not- Go ahead.
0: You're not actually living a victorious life. You're you're just
1: Yeah, just let them
0: take that fence down. And they don't work like that tree. We're <laughs> find a <laughs> way, <to, we'll laughs> <go find laughs> way to find that oh, Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean so <laughs> we should, we'll just use kids as an example because they just yeah. they're perfect yeah. examples. Yeah. They right. everything. Uh if you don't want if you don't want kids to get the cookies it's a little kid. you put it high, thinking I'm oh, a man. We're gonna get this. They can't get to it if we put it up there. That kid is gonna build something. Next thing you know, you got a little MacGyver over here <laughs> building a ladder out of who knows what to get to those cookies. Yeah, we'll find fun. a way. We will find a way. Fence laws don't do anything.
1: No, they don't.
0: It it looks good on the outside to man it looks good we love fences I, just, it's just, I mean we like them in real life but we like them it makes us feel like we're actually doing something that well I try well we don't want to be of this world so you know what I'm just going to take a job at a lemonade stand Make a min- minimum wage Because The things of this world Don't matter to me And for whatever reason A lot of Christians I talked about this with Brother Torrance Nash When we were at IKC A lot of Christians feel like that We, we, we can't even be blessed
1: That's when you If a blessing
0: comes our way We feel guilty Lord wants to Lord wants to bless you with a car, brother. Mm. He wants to bless just you with that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's his will and he wants to bless you with that car. And let somebody try to give it to you. Oh no, bro, I can't accept that. Especially with it, especially with that, it's got less than 180,000 miles. I can't, <laughs> can't take that, that's got brand new tires on it. Get <laughs> behind me, Satan. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because we think that that's holiness,
1: mm-hmm. okay.
0: and that not being worldly is not having, not being materially blessed. That's what we think that not being worldly really is. And yeah. you know, we, we may never say it with our mouths, but I'll go and say it right now. That's what we think. Yeah. That's what we really think. Well, no, we can't have. No, we just need to. Real godliness is being in poverty. No, brother, real go- sister. Real godliness is contentment.
1: Yes, and happiness. That's what the scripture says. Contentment.
0: Is godliness. Great game. Contentment. Lord, if you want to bless me with that, Lord, praise God. But I still, I'm still I'm still going to praise you yeah. and worship you simply exactly. because of Calvary. Yeah. Because of what you did. Because. And no matter how many blessings you pour upon me, my praise isn't going to get stronger or greater. I'm not going to praise you an extra two hours because you blessed me with a car. I'm not going to praise you more because you blessed me with a good job. I'm praising the same as before I had the job and before I had the car because I still had Calvary. Yeah. I still had all the benefits of Calvary and I got everything. That I have need of nothing. I am complete in you. And then on the flip side of that, when we lose everything, still can't take my praise. Yeah because i still got well, what do you have i have everything that i need of, right in here in christ what take even if you took my life i'm talking about this last time even if you took my life paul and silas in the jail hanging upside down backs ripped open how are they singing praises to god cuz they had the right object of faith what, what are you, can't you see your circumstance or your situation? Silas? Paul? God has forsaken you. He didn't, he didn't forsake me. My Lord. Forsake me. Last time I checked, Calvary is already
1: happening. F-
0: forsake me. Paul? Silas? You're about to die. you almost dead right now. You're about to bleed out and die upside down. And I said it last time and I felt it more than I felt anything else anytime I said it. And I feel like I just might have said, my Paul just might have said, I'm more alive than I've ever been. Even though I'm bleeding to death upside down in these stocks. I got no freedom. I might die here. But even if I die, I'm more alive than I've ever been in my entire life. Because I have Jesus, who is my life. See, when you get that, when you get the object of faith right, like, just, I'm going to just, can I just share a little secret with you? Me and Sarah talked about this before. When you, get the, when you have the right object of faith, Christ and what he did in Calvary, and that's what you're focused in on. And you're locked in on that. God can bless you more than you've ever been blessed in your entire life because your eyes won't be moved to the blessing. Yeah. The blessing comes and you're still locked in on Calvary. His people. That's right. That's a Bible thing. But the greatest blessing is spiritual, yeah. not materially. But when you get the object of faith right, He can open the windows of heaven. Because whether He does or doesn't, you still praising Him the same. You still serving Him the same. And when the windows open wide and oh Lord, you, you buy a piece of land and find out they got oil on that land didn't even know the Lord just said buy this piece of property I bought it with what little bit I had he said buy it I bought it next thing you know strike it all and I just went from being you know yeah right. you know, we are you know, we bought a little bit of land didn't even know it had oil on it but the Lord said buy it so we went and bought it got oil in it now I'm living it Overnight, With the right object of faith. God can do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Because whether you struggle oil. Mm-hmm. Or you didn't. Mm-hmm. You've learned. How to be abased. Yeah. And. How to abound. That in either situation. Whether I'm abased. Or whether I'm abound. He's good. And he'll still be good. Always. Oh, they just they just told you you got cancer, brother. He's still just as good today as he was yesterday. Because the cross over there. That's right. That's right. Can't take that. Can't take, can't take that. That's real. That's real praise. That's real worship. I'm t I am i I'm telling you right now, if you got a hold of that in your own personal life. It would change your daily walk with the Lord. It would change your prayer time, everything. And if we, if if we, if if we got that concept down in our praise and worship, when we came into a church setting, I'm telling you right now, the Spirit of God would fall every morning because all your worship and praise is tied to Calvary. Yes. Right. And people, we would, we could come into the building and you know what? Our week might have just been the worst week we've ever had in our life. We enter in the building and let them strike one piano note and say the name of Jesus. And we'll be praising God like we're about to enter into heaven itself. We wouldn't have to try. We wouldn't have to work. Every morning, Bob, look, good, turn into me, start singing it, four a.m. when you wake up. And before I knew it, I was I didn't want to be around me. I wife. <laughs> she knew me before. I complained all the time. I was a planner. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I was eh.
1: <laughs>
0: But then I saw. Then God fixed my object of faith. And this complainer, with just that, the right object of faith—that's the only thing to change. This complainer turned into a rejoicer yes. every day. Amen. Every day. Object of faith. If you focus on circumstances, situations, they ain't gonna change. But if you focus, if you want help, you don't want to feel like that. You don't want to be depressed. That's a lot. That's we. Suicide rate, skyrocketing. Mm -hmm. Depression, all of this. Man, what is this? Wrong object of faith. Mm -hmm. I experienced depression. Once I got the right object of faith, I'm going to tell you right, I just had one day of depression.
1: Man,
0: what do you mean you haven't felt one day? Well, I... Even when I start to feel a little down, you know, just a little bit, I just think about what Christ has done for me at Calvary. And my Lord, I find the help of the Holy Spirit right there. Yes. <laughs> I had days I'm at work, days I'm at work, I ain't even thinking about it, I'm just working. I told my dad about this and Sarah. Just just working. My, just minding my own business. I was just walk. I finished the job and I'm walking back to the maintenance shop and the Lord just dropped a song in my heart. out of nowhere wasn't thinking about it nothing and I, I just began to sing that song i know that doesn't surprise any of y'all <laughs> and i'm just walking singing that song going back to the maintenance shop and i felt I, it hit me I was like, i'm like <laughs> lord you're gonna make me run right here to work my God. <laughs> it was that strong i could feel the moving and operation of the holy spirit in me in my own heart We're gonna walk this road in glory, children. My Lord and I. That was a song. (laughs) It wasn't even anything super great. It just that was a song. We're gonna walk and tell the blessed story, my Lord and I. When I come to the river wide, the blessing of the Lord is gonna calm the tide. We're gonna walk this road me chill children. My Lord and I. I just began, like just walking out of nowhere, singing that song. <laughs> just mm.
1: they forgot some strange looks. Just nobody <laughs> was around me at the time.
0: I was in 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 a place that really nobody was around me. But that song hit me. And then I just remembered the the verse that Joseph sang, and of course, I just sang
1: it. (laughs) And I just, when
0: you have the right object of faith, you don't have to work for anything. The Lord will drop that song right when you need it. (laughs) Obviously, I needed that song. Wasn't thinking about it, and yet there it was. Spirit working right there, bearing fruit, because the right object of faith I'm connected to the vine and the fruit's happening and I ain't working for
1: it.
0: So I I, I sang sang that and then I just sang the verse. Oh, such is my consolation. All my burdens are out away, and the Holy Spirit guide me, as I travel day by day, I just pull into his station, he gives a full supply we're gonna walk this road in glory children, my Lord and I well I just lost it, i <laughs> When you got the right object of faith, the message of the cross is more about the right object of faith than anything else. A lot of people can go through Romans chapter 6 and say, yeah, I believe what, what, what we learned in here. They say, oh yeah, praise God, believe that. But that's not their object of faith. They believe it. They say that they believe it. They say that that's the correct interpretation. But that's not their object of faith. They'll turn around and their object of faith is in something else. But the right object of faith changes everything. The right object of faith changes the way you read and interpret Scripture.
1: All right, let's try that.
0: Zoom through this and we'll... Finish this verse. We're talking about in the flesh. In other words, he is attempting to obey some type of law which he has made up himself or was made up by others, thinking that the obedience to such will bring about victory or make them more holy, righteous, and pleasing to God. Although the intentions may be good and the motives right, the results will be the same as it was before the believer was saved. Good motives and good intentions don't. Erase the wrong direction. While sin is motionless in the life of one who trusts Christ, it begins very much to stir into activity when reliance shifts to something else. The next part of that verse says, which were by the law, I'm talking about motions of sins. The effect of the law reveals sin, which is actually designed to do. And because it does that, many think it is evil. Paul answers that in verse 12. Others say, uh, granting that the law is good in itself, yet it becomes evil to men because of its effects on them. And we see that in verse 13. The reply to this is that its moral effect in them is is beneficent for its action reveals to them how evil they are, which is its intention all along. The law is meant to show us how far we really fell. The fall in the garden, the law comes to show us how far we actually fell. Because a lot of times we don't think we really failed that far. Hmm. Like, yeah, we're not perfect, but we're not evil. You don't know how far you really fell. And that's what the law does. The law will show you how far you really fell. One, just a little bit. God's moral law is good, holy, and just. Man's fallen nature is evil. The effect of law acting on that nature manifests not only the fact of the disease of sin, but the exceeding malignity of the disease. The next part in that uh, verse is, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. God's moral law does two things. The law of God does not cause the sin in the person's life or have anything to do with its origination. It only reveals what is already there. Man was and is so deceived that he simply would not believe that his condition was as bad as it actually is. So the law of God showed him just how bad it was. The law of God, the second thing is the law of God showed man how weak he really is, respecting his efforts to address this terrible problem. Thou shalt not bear false witness, and thou shalt not covet, sound very simple. But man soon finds that he is unable to keep these laws, irrespective of how hard he may try. The problem is his depraved nature, which is a result of the fall, and which has no power at all to do that which is right. Not only can man not obey these commandments... He as well has no way within himself and in any capacity to remedy the situation. Man's every activity can only bring forth death because man has no life within himself whatsoever. The death mentioned here is spiritual death, which may, which means separation from God, who alone is the life source. That is the end of verse 5. Uh, That's as far as we are going to go tonight and we will get a lot farther next class because we are just going to make sure.